Welcome to Windsor Christian Fellowship Church Podcast. Our church vision is to win generations to Christ, connect them to His master plan, empower them to succeed and grow the kingdom of God. For other podcast resources or more information about Windsor Christian Fellowship, please visit us at www.wcf.ca. Um, last week, Pastor RJ started a new series called Simple Christianity, and he was talking about Bible reading and how we don't neglect uh, physical food to feed our bodies, so we shouldn't be neglecting the spiritual food um, in the Word of God to feed our spirit as well. This week, Pastor RJ is going to come on up and uh, continue the series and talk about prayer today. So come on up, Pastor RJ. Thank you, Karen. Good morning, everyone. Hi and welcome, you braved the uh, cold. I see some hats. Some people say it's not that bad. Either way, last week we talked about um, reading your Bible and and the authenticity of the scriptures. Today I want to continue talking about simply Christianity with prayer or spending time with God on a daily basis. And I think you you have to understand reading the word of God um, and applying it to your life and then learning to both listen and speak with the creator are two vital practices for any Christian. So if you want to be successful long-term as a Christ follower, you need to form the discipline and the habit of reading the Bible and of praying. Uh, I believe we should be doing this daily. I don't know that it's a religious thing, heaven or hell rests on it, but I think that Just like I talked about last week, eating is really important. Some people like eating. Um, Daily time with God is more important. And and there's two key parts to this daily time with God. There's the Bible reading and there's the prayer part. And, And prayer is simply talking to God and listening in simplest form. And and having communication with your creator. Now, some of you are much better at talking than you are listening. So if you want to start listening to the voice of God, you're going to have to work a little bit harder to develop that inside of your life. Now, the reality is we need the word of God so that we know what truth is. God's God's word is truth. And we need the voice of the spirit. We need God to speak to us so we get the revelation. And what happens is the voice that you hear will never contradict what has been revealed in the scriptures. It will never disagree. They're consistent. The word and the voice are one. Have you read John chapter one? It talks about in the beginning was the word and the word was with God. And then Jesus and his word are one. So he's not going to speak something to you that disagrees with what he's already revealed to you in his written word. Now, I tried to write a little parable here. Um, and Jesus liked to speak in parables, and and I was going to try to be like Jesus and write a parable today, so we'll see how this goes. (sighs) The other part of parables is Jesus often left it to the audience to interpret the parable, so I'm going to give you no other explanation for this parable. You're going to have to ask questions if you want to dig deeper. (laughs) Let's see. I want you to imagine, can everyone do that? Imagine a young woman who falls in love with a young man. Everyone say, aw. 
They meet, and she is captivated by his personality and his sacrificial posture towards her. And the relationship starts with freedom and joy and lots of love, and they make lifetime commitments to one another. Then he goes away on a long trip to make a better life for the two of them when he returns. At the beginning, when he first goes away, she desires to speak with him often. But over time, she decides that hanging out with his friends equals her actual communication with her true love. And eventually, she doesn't call anymore. And then she becomes too busy to take his calls. And she becomes busy talking about her man to others and doesn't talk to him anymore. As time progresses, she begins to drift away from the one that she loves. No communication equals no relationship. Before you know it, other men start consuming your time and energy. Good men who like serving humanity by feeding the poor or helping the sick or coaching children or making people feel good about themselves through these motivational speeches that are powerful. Even the artistic men who write and sing songs about her man. Still at the end of the day, she has no contact with her man. So when he returns from his long trip and meets her again, how do you think he's going to respond? Matthew chapter 6, verse 5. When you pray, this is Jesus talking, don't be like the hypocrites who like to pray or love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. I tell you the truth, that is all the reward they will ever get. But when you pray, go away by yourself, shut the door behind you, pray to your father in private, then the father who sees everything will reward you. When you pray, that's the third time I've heard that in three verses, when you pray. Not if you decide to pray, if you feel like praying, when you decide to pray, when you're desperate and you need help, you pray. When you pray. Don't babble on as the Gentiles do. They think their prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. Don't be like them, for your father knows exactly what you need even before you ask him. Pray like this. Now, Jesus is giving us this, this model based on principle. Can everyone say principle? It's like any sport. You learn the, the basic foundational principles. Or if, has anyone ever taught anyone to cook? Norm, you've taught a few people to cook. You teach them the basic foundational principles of cooking. And then from there, they start creating, right? Isn't that what's supposed to happen? I mean, you can teach the proper technique for a slap shot or a wrist shot in hockey, or you can teach the proper technique, which I didn't just do, for basketball, because I'm not very good at basketball. Uh, but, but what happens is once you learn the technique, then you can progress from there. Jesus is teaching us the basic technique, the basic pattern of prayer. And there's some things that we need to keep in mind. And by no means can I do an exhaustive study on this. People write books and do whole entire years of teaching on the content that I'm going to try to teach you in the next 30 minutes. Wish me well. <laughs> but Jesus starts with, our Father in heaven, may your name be kept holy and may your kingdom come soon. May your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us today the food we need and forgive us our sins as we've forgiven those who sin against us. And don't let us yield to temptation, but rescue us from the evil one. If you forgive those who sin against you, your heavenly father will forgive you. But if you refuse to forgive others, your father will not forgive your sins. 
So he gives some explanation. And then he says this, and when you fast. So he said, when you pray and when you pray and when you pray and when you fast, don't make it obvious as the hypocrites do for they try to look miserable and disheveled so people will admire them for their fasting. I tell you the truth. That is the only reward they'll ever get. But when you fast, there it is again. Comb your hair, wash your face. Then no one will notice your fasting except your father who knows what you do in private. And your father who sees everything will reward you. Now I added verses 16 to 18 because in a couple weeks, we're gonna do our church fast this year. Uh, I believe it starts February 14th. It'll run through Good Friday. I'll talk more about that in the weeks to come, but I don't like to just talk about it on the Sunday and say, you have to start Wednesday. I like to give you some time to start processing it. But how many know the Bible says when you pray, not if you pray? How many know it says when you fast, not if you fast? We'll talk more about that. It'll be fun. When we look at the model of prayer that Jesus starts with, he he begins with talking to them about, hey, you don't have to make a public display of prayer to be holy. You don't have to stand up in front of people and make a big scene and take your prayer shawl and stick it over your face and bend over on the street like this and cover yourself with your shawl and and to to be holy. I, I think what he's trying to say is your motive in approaching God is really important, Personal private prayer is extremely important. There is a place for public prayer, but your motive and the reason that you're doing this is important. And while I'm there, I will mention to all of you, we do have some prayer leaders that will go online and they will stream an entire hour of prayer on multiple times during the week. What time do you pray, Jeremiah? On which day? Mondays. I love it. Tuesday morning at 6 a.m., if you're awake, to 7 a.m., he's live online. And you can join him, and you can join in faith, and you can pray with him as he leads through prayer for an hour with his wife, Marjorie. More Marjorie than Jeremiah. But there's other times that are available. So, If you go on to our YouTube channel, they will post those and you can watch them even a day or two later sometimes. And you can just agree in faith with us and you can pray. How many say, I didn't know that? How many knew that? How many heard what I just said? How many were thinking about something else when I was talking and you're like, what are they talking about? Then he talks about Jesus goes into this pagan or this Gentile practice of repeating prayer over and over again. And and in some religious practice, there's this repetitious prayer. I can think of one that some of you would be very familiar with. And and they pray to Mary, for instance. You know, uh, good intention people pray this over and over again. But Jesus instructs us that we're to pray to the Father, not to Mary or to the saints. And we can pray in Jesus' name or his authority or his power. So when I look at the Lord's Prayer, Jesus starts with the kingdom of God in mind and the holiness of God. And and I like to point out to people, your posture when you come before the Father is really important. I mean, how many of you would walk into the courtroom to talk to the judge and you're like, hey, Sam, how's it going today, judge? You know, Judge Sam. You know, how many of you walk in like that? You know, that, that's not going to work out so good for you. 
especially if you're the one on trial. What do you call the judge? Your honor. There's a term of respect because of the position, right? I mean, if you work with a coach, you ever walk up to your coach and say, hey, Jack, this is what I think. I don't want to sit on the bench, coach. I want to do this, coach. I don't like this play, coach. I'm going to, you know, how many of you tell the coach what to do? How many of you tell the coach what to do and think you're going to play? A good coach will bench a superstar to prove a point. He's the coach. Okay. There's a respect there is my point. Okay. When you approach God, the king of the universe, I would suggest that you approach him with respect and honor because he is the king of kings. His name is above all other names, okay? So he's the king of the kingdom. And we, the Bible tells us in 1 Thessalonians 5, 16, it says, always be joyful, never stop praying. Be thankful in all circumstances for this is God's will for you who belong to Christ Jesus. So if we belong to Christ, his will is always be thankful, Always be joyful and never stop praying. But how do you never stop praying? You can stay connected to your creator in all of your waking hours. You can be aware of his presence within you. You can have an ongoing conversation with him. I mean, the truth is, I can be up here talking about my notes and this lesson on prayer, but I still have to stay connected to the creator so I can listen to what he says to me right now to make sure I tell you what I'm supposed to. Because each week when we stand up here on this platform, there's something that he wants communicated to all of you. And we want to make sure we do our best to hear and listen. And we have to be listening while we're speaking. That's harder to do than it looks. (laughs) My wife was laughing at me last week because she goes, right in the middle of talking, you just kind of stop for a second and went, (sighs) because I was just trying to clear my head to listen to what was being said so that I could say what I needed to. In, in conjunction with that, or connected to that, Psalms 104, enter his gates with thanksgiving, go into his courts with praise, give thanks to him and praise to his name. When we come to the place of continual praise and thanksgiving, that is how we enter into his gates and into his courts. That's how you approach God with thanksgiving and with praise. Amen. Father, I thank you that you are good and that you are great, and that you are merciful, and that you are holy, and that you are loving, and that you are grace, you give grace to those that deserve it. See, we approach him with the proper attitude and the proper tone, but there's some people that when they go pray to God, they think that he's more their fairy godmother or some genie because they rub the bottle three times and he's going to grant them three wishes. Yo, God, I want this. Or God, I need you to do this for me. Or God, I won't serve you if you don't do this. I don't know how well you work with ultimatums, but I don't work real good with ultimatums. I'm confident that the king of the universe is the one giving ultimatums, not receiving them. (laughs) Confident of that. So there's this continual praise and thanksgiving, great way to start your prayer time. Then we go into, you know, I like to talk about confession and repentance because in James 5, 13, are any of you suffering hardships? You should pray. Has anyone ever gone through a rough time? Pray. Are any of you happy? You should sing praises. Are any of you sick? You should call the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing you with oil in the name of the Lord. Such a prayer offered in faith will heal the sick and the Lord will make you well. If you've committed any sins, you will be forgiven. Confess your sins to each other, pray for each other so that you may be healed. 
The earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. See, there's this idea of when you come to God in prayer, you want him to examine you and search you, and there's other scriptures that talk about that. Reveal to you your motive. If there's any active sin in your life, you want to confess it and get rid of it. That's one of the reasons prayers don't get answered is active sin. It hinders your prayers. But I want to point this out, and it's not really my main point in my lesson today, but when I read this, are any of you sick, you should call the elders of the church to come and pray. If you're sick and you would like who to pray for you, the elders. Does it say call Pastor RJ? You can. But there's lots of elders that can come pray. And some of them, I don't want to say do a better job than me, but they will equally carry the presence of God and they will pray over you and allow healing to come forth. But who is the onus of responsibility on the call? The sick person. So if you're sick and you want someone to come pray for you, the responsibility is on you to call us and then we will send someone to come and pray for you. That's what the Bible tells us to do. I'm, I'm, I love you all, but I'm not that good and I don't have spies at the hospitals that tell me when you go in. <laughs> I'm not that connected to Jesus. Oh, so-and-so went in the hospital. I don't know. I'm sorry, I'm not that good. But if you call us and tell us, we'll try to get someone by to pray with you. If you've got unconfessed sin in your life, confess it. That'll facilitate healing. Okay, confession, repentance. That's one thing. We want to examine our heart, make sure that we're clean before we go to the prayer time. Okay, submission and trust is the next thing I like to talk about. When it says, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven, that requires trust. We know Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do and he will show you which path to take. That's clear. Romans 8, 28. We know that God causes everything to work together for the good of those who love God and are called according to his purpose for them. But the truth is, so many people, when they pray, they don't pray for God's will to be done. They pray that God will complete their dreams. God, do what I want, not what you want. And that, that leads people um, at times to be very discouraged about what's happening around them. I have a verse on that. I'm a little bit ahead of myself here. But see, when your prayer doesn't get answered how you think it should or when you think it should, has anyone had a prayer that didn't get answered when you thought it should or how you thought it should? And then there's other prayers that get answered, but just not how you thought it should be answered. Yeah. <laughs> I'm always reminded. There was a, years ago, there was a street preacher, you know, and, and he, was, he was preaching Jesus out on the street, you know, picture the guy on the soapbox, and he was just preaching Jesus to people. And someone in the crowd just kind of stood up a little bit arrogant, and, you know, yeah, well, God's not real, because if he's real, he will strike me dead, you know, and well, a few years later when that man's life expired far earlier than it should have, God answered his prayer, just not in the way that he wanted or expected. See, God's gracious and merciful, and when people do foolish things, he often overlooks it or we'd all be dead. I would. I don't know about you. So it's good that he's gracious and gives us time to repent of our sin and turn back to him and come around. But see... 
the Bible tells us specifically about this whole, uh, you know, uh, 2 Corinthians 4, 16 to 18 NIV. Therefore, we do not lose heart. That means that God knew that sometimes we would lose heart. And it talks about we're outwardly wasting away, yet inwardly we're being renewed. Our light momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen, since what is temporary, but not what is unseen, is eternal. You see the temporary, because this life is just temporary. There's an eternal life waiting for us. And, and it says, don't lose heart. Don't get so focused on your current circumstance and situation that you lose sight of what's really important, eternity. And then in Galatians 6, 9, don't let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time we'll reap a harvest if we do not give up. Operative word, do not give up. Keep going. Farmers, you don't plant seed and grow a crop and then give up before you harvest. And so many Christians, the promises of God, the answers. I, I, I always think to Daniel, you know, he's praying three times a day for 21 days straight. And the angel finally shows up with the answer to his prayer. Now, realistically, every time you pray, you're not going to get an answer to your prayer. I, I, let, me, let me say that properly, not the way I just said it. Rewind your ace. <laughs> realistically... Every time you pray, God will answer your prayer, but you're not going to get an angel to come with the answer to your prayer. That's what I was trying to say. Okay? Angels don't always show up with answers. God can answer your prayer in many ways. So Daniel, 21 days later, this angel shows up and the angel says, hey, Daniel, just so you know, as soon as you prayed, God heard your prayer and he sent the answer. But there was some warfare going on in the heavenlies and it took me a while before actually Michael came over in this case, the arch- and, and he was able to get through with the answer to the prayer. So there's these, there's warfare that goes on. So sometimes when you're praying, it's just a time thing. You'd have to just keep praying faithfully and waiting until the answer is able to come. Sometimes it's God's timing, not your timing. Because how many know when you pray, you want God to send the angel down and come and stand before you and say, Victoria, my daughter, here is the answer to your prayer. Here's a new kitten. <laughs> she doesn't want a kitten. She's a dog person. <laughs> now, yeah. But the point, the point that I'm trying to say is, don't be discouraged or don't lose heart or stay, never give up, never give up. And so many times people... I mean, think about like someone like Joseph. I mean, he's in the pit, then he was a slave, then he was in prison. And people say, well, he got promoted when he was, yeah, he did, but he was still a slave and he was in prison. He was still in prison. Maybe some of you need to go commit a crime and go spend some time in jail and then you'll realize what it's like in there. I'm not suggesting that. Okay. But you don't get to do what you want, when you want, how you want. Okay. And, and, and in those days, prisons were not like they are today because sometimes today they get described more like country clubs. Than, but the point that I'm trying to explain to you is this. 14 years, Joseph had a way to inherit the promise. Maybe more. And I'm sure somewhere along the way, he got discouraged and had to say, okay, God, I'm going to encourage myself in you. 
14 years. Have you waited 14 years for God to answer your prayer? But would you be willing to wait 21 or 42 or 50? How long are you willing to wait? It says people like Abraham didn't even see the promise fulfilled. But he saw ahead into the future and his children inherited the province, the, the promise. Okay, moving on from there. Submission, trust. Do we trust God? And it's petition or question. Oh, give us the food we need. What do we need? Make your petition, make your request known to God. In 1 John 5, the Bible says, and we're confident that he hears us whenever we ask for anything that pleases him. Well, we know from other scriptures that your food, clothing, and shelter is taken care of. Those things please him. And since we know he hears us when we make our request, we also know that he will give us what we ask for. He also wants all people to be saved. That's a good prayer to pray for people to be saved, to get to know God, you know. And then that leads me to the last one that I want to talk about today. Receiving instruction and listening. And I'm going to go to Hebrews 3 where he's quoting from, from Psalm or whoever wrote Hebrews anyways, Psalms 95. Remember what it says. Today, when you hear his voice, don't harden your hearts as Israel did when they rebelled. And I, I believe that it's really important that we hear God's voice. It's really important that we learn to listen to God. But you know, when you're confronted with truth, if you reject it, your heart gets a little bit harder in that area. And then you get confronted with truth again and your heart gets a little bit harder. And over time, you become a reprobate or you don't know the difference between right and wrong. You don't know the difference between truth and lie. And we see this happen in our culture all the time because people reject God and his truth. So therefore they believe lies and their heart becomes hard and then they don't know the difference. And we really live in a day where people call evil good and good evil. If you hear his voice, we need to instantly begin practicing obeying his voice. That's how God wants us to live. When you hear his voice, you obey his voice. When God gives you an instruction, you go do it. And, and when I look at this, receiving instruction guidance, I remember some time ago, um, I was talking to a friend of a, a, a prophet, and, and he was ministering over in the Detroit area, the prophet. And he was ministering at this one church and he would come in for a couple weeks at a time. And he kind of, so how do you know prophets can be quirky? I'm a little quirky. I'm not really a prophet, but I can, I can, I can be quirky. Prophets can be quirky. So this particular guy, he had this one room that he liked at the hotel. So whenever he went to that hotel, he wanted that room. And because he was there like a hundred nights out of the year, the hotel tried to make that room available for him whenever he was in town. Well, some big uh, music star um, rented the entire floor to throw a big party. And the hotel management said, hey, look, um, we know you're a great client of ours, and um, but maybe we'll give you the penthouse for this weekend or something because it's going to be loud and you're not going to, you know. And the prophet just said, no, staying in my room. <laughs> so of course the music star heard about this prophet guy who talks to God. And, and, and so in their conversation the next morning, because... Um, the music star wanted to see the prophet. The music star opened with something like, I speak to a 500-year-old prince who gives me wisdom for life. So through spirit channeling and necromancy, he would speak to a dead, 
what he thought was a prince, but was really a demon, demonic spirit that was impersonating this guy and getting life wisdom. But what I want to get to is the prophet's response. He said, the ancient of days who has always been and always will be. The Lord Most High who breathed the universe into existence whispers his deepest secrets into my ear on a daily basis. Do you see the difference? So many people look to the stars to tell them how they're supposed to live their life for guidance. Why don't you talk to the one who put the stars there? The guy who hung them will give you wisdom for life a lot more than us trying to figure out what that means. God wants to speak to you. He wants to give you guidance. He wants to give you wisdom. Listen, I'm not saying it's easy to hear God's voice. I remember when I was young and I was learning this. So when I was about 10, I started reading my Bible every day and I would wake up and I would read my Bible and then I would pray. And then I learned somewhere around 12 that I'm supposed to listen to God. So I gave myself an extra 15 minutes, which was a lot of time, but I wanted to make sure I could hear God. But the problem is, you know, when you wake up every day, every day, every day, and you want to wake up earlier, you have to use this thing called an alarm clock. Now, some of you that are um, older might remember this, like me. My clock back in the day, it was not even digital. It was gear-driven. They didn't even have LED then. This little orange light, and you could hear it when the minute would turn. It would go, as the little block would, does anyone know what I'm talking about with those old, old clocks? But the alarm on this clock is what I want to get to because this is the fun part of the story. It was five pieces of metal. And when you would pull the little pin out at the time and you'd set the little time about where you wanted it, the alarm would kind of pre-go off. And then it would go off. Like crazy loud. And I hope you weren't sleeping just now because you're awake now. <laughs> it was loud. So I decided I was going to get up a little bit earlier so I could leave some time so I could listen to God. And, and what happened was my alarm went off that first day and I heard my neighbor through the wall, heard the alarm cock, startled him so badly, he jumped out of bed, tripped, fell, and crashed onto the ground. Now, after I was done laughing, because I thought that was funny for some reason, saddest. What's wrong with me? I did my Bible reading, I prayed, and then I said, okay, God, I'm going to listen to your voice now. And I sat down and I thought about whose turn it was to do the dishes that day and my homework and we were going to play a soccer game after school. And then we were going to try to take our bikes over to the hills in Forest Glade and jump ramps and stuff. And I didn't hear God talk to me. And I was a little bit discouraged. But I thought, oh, maybe he's got nothing to say today. So after this pattern went on for a little while, I realized something that I have a lot of conversation going on in my head. Remember earlier in the service when I said, raise your hand if you heard what I just said? And some of you were like, wait, what? Why are they raising their hand? And you, some of you were like, what's he talking about? because you were thinking about something else. Because we have self-talk going on in our head all the time. And as long as you're having a conversation with yourself, you're not hearing what someone else is saying, including God. And I had to learn to really discipline myself to quiet my mind. And I want to show you how I started doing that. I'm not saying you have to do this, but I want you all to just, and this is always dangerous, but close your eyes. No sleeping. We'll do another alarm clock. I want you to picture yourself approaching 
the throne room of God. And you're, you're walking up into his presence and there's thankfulness on your lips. God, I thank you and I praise you. And you are holy and you are just and you are good. And you're, you're praising him and you're thanking him. And you're walking into his presence through the gates and through the doorway into the presence of God. And then you're kneeling before the throne and you're having a conversation with your creator and you're, and you're making your requests known and, and, and you're releasing forgiveness and receiving forgiveness and, you're, and you're, you're talking to him about the things you need and the things that are concerning you. And then I want you to stop for a moment and listen to what he has to say to you. Now forgive me for interrupting your conversation with God. But see, when you get your attention off of yourself and what's going on in your life and you start working into the presence of the creator, it's a little bit easier in his presence to listen to what he has to say. And I started doing that type of a exercise to get my mind in a place where I could receive what the creator had to speak to me. I wanna encourage all of you. We need to take time daily to listen and receive guidance from God, the creator. Reading your Bible and prayer should become a part of your life. But some of you, you've never done this before. You've never really read your Bible. Maybe you don't even like reading. You've never prayed and you, you don't know how to pray. You're not gonna be like Jeremiah and Marjorie and lead prayer for a whole hour. But Jeremiah has been doing this since he was a kid. He's, he's worked up a little bit over the years. He's been doing this a long time. He gained some endurance and some ability to do that. But hey, New Year's resolutions, people go to the gym. How many of you, you go to the gym day one, you work out every muscle in your body as hard as you can? And you lift as much weight as you can and you work out every muscle. Forget the buys, tries, and thighs. And then, you know, forget doing groups of muscles, just do them all. And then go on the treadmill and run till you drop. Isn't that what you do day one? Because you're motivated and yes, I'm at the gym and I'm going to get in shape and I'm going to feel great. And then how do you feel the next morning when you wake up, Nate? Sore. <laughs> no gym today. I can't move. If you've never prayed for an hour and you set a goal to pray for an hour, you're going to pray for five minutes and you might run out of words. And I know some of you would be shocked, but people do run out of words sometimes. So set a goal, start small and work your way up. Read your Bible for five minutes, pray for five minutes, listen to God for five minutes and see how you do. And then you'll want to increase it to 10 minutes and go from there. But set a realistic goal for yourself when you start spending a daily time with God, especially if you've never done it. But it's vital to your success as a Christian. You need, need, must spend time with Jesus. No relationship because there's no communication. He's away on a long trip right now, preparing a place for you. When he returns, what kind of conversation are you going to have with him if you never have any communication with him? Stand up with me.
Jesus, we're coming to the table right now to celebrate your death. And Father, as we have this bread in our hands and it, I break mine like your body was broken, I thank you that you came to planet earth and lived among us and died on my behalf. That you were broken so that I could be healed. So Father, I speak life, I speak healing to every person listening today. Let your life flow through your people. Rejuvenate bodies and restore spines and muscles and tissues and heal cancers and sickness and disease. You took all that on the cross. That we have the mind of Christ and all mental illness, depression and anxiety has to go. And Lord, as your people spend time with you, I thank you that you in part speak truth and life about their identity and their purpose here on earth. That you encourage them in the mission that you've assigned us to so that we together can walk in unity and power and demonstrate your love towards the world around us. So help us with these things today, we ask in Jesus' name. Fathers, we look at this cup, the blood of the new covenant. You shed your blood for me, for my friends. For each human, Lord, you died in our place. Once and for all to pay the price of our sin, our disobedience. Lord, I thank you that you release people from the curse. That you restore relationship to yourself and you forgive us of our sins. You've made a way. So Father, as your people seek your face, as your people cry out to you, I thank you that their willingness to be obedient to all of your commands and teachings, that you give us the grace to never give up hope, to never give up faith, to never stop moving forward and expanding your kingdom. Let peace fall on every heart right now in the name of Jesus. And these young folks are coming up right now and remember their faces. I'll be talking a little bit more about this young couple in the weeks to come. Well, hallelujah, another wonderful day that we can gather together. And you know, every time we get to do this, I think, you know, we're just having a dress rehearsal for heaven. Just look around you, the people beside you, behind you that you don't even know their name. We're going to stand together in heaven. And today we got such a, a wonderful day of worship, prayer, fellowship, What? a privilege. And Pastor RJ, thank you. Thank you so much for preparing so well and just letting the anointing of the Lord flow through you. It's a privilege to be here. Well, that word privilege is a really big word. And I thought of it many times as Pastor was preaching today. 
we have that privilege to go into his throne room and to ask for provision, for miracles, for salvation, for grace, for myself, for my hubby, for you, for people we don't even know. You don't even have to look at your tablet or your phone for five minutes and you know how many people around the world need your prayers. So Father, thank you again for the privilege of prayer and for the privilege of just being in your presence. Amen. Hallelujah. I agree 100% with what she said. And uh, let's just suppose that you ordered a car and uh, they brought it to your house and and uh, you anticipated what it was going to look like, but you ran out there and you just stopped and you just looked at it. Nice looking car, right? Boy, that's a beautiful car. Are you going to do more than just look at it or are you going to run and open the door and jump in and sit down and and uh, turn the, the heater seat on and the steering wheel heater on and, and just really try to figure out what makes that thing tick. We had a car that even talked to us. Uh, your door's ajar. Your door's ajar. So we had to send the kids out to look to find the jar. <laughs> but anyway, God wants us to just run in his presence. Jump in. Settle down. And hear his voice. That's all he wants. That's what prayer is. It's just having a relationship with Father God. He wants to direct your path, keep you out of trouble, and uh, just he's just a good God. There's an old song that goes like this. Maybe I'll even try and sing it. He walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I am his own, and the joy we share as we tarry there. None other can ever know. That's prayer. Spending time with Jesus. There's a couple of scripture, or one scripture that I'd like to close with. It's in Psalms 91, 1 and 2, and Psalm, or verse 15 and 16. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God. In him I will trust. He shall call upon you, or he shall call upon me, and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will deliver him and honor him. With long life I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. Windsor Christian Fellowship, you've been equipped. 